NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. Do you have big goals in mind as far as how many gold buckles you want to win? Or what is there a number you have in mind? Or? I want 14 in the all-around. I want nine in the bulls. And I want seven in the bronze. Snap. So there, there's some numbers. Did you write that down? Holy, <laughs> watch out. How many total is that? Are you know. coming for Trevor? So well, 14, that, and 14 and nine is 23 and seven is 30. That'd be 30. My goal was to break Ty Murray's record. But I was doing an interview with a guy and he said... No rough stock guy can ever break Trevor's record. Yeah. Piss me off. Yeah. So I said, I'll do it. And yeah. <laughs> now I got to open my big fat mouth and now I got to back it <laughs> out. Now it's on the interwebs. Howdy, I'm Bob Dolman. And this is the NFR Extra. This is going to be a pretty good one. I- I'm excited about this episode of NFR Extra for multiple reasons. Uh, not just because I'm joined by Brylon Bentley and Steve Goder, but our guest today is Stetson Wright, and I'm interested to hear some of the, not just the champion stories, but I want to hear a little bit about living in the Wright family. Stetson, welcome. Thanks for having me. All right, so first and foremost, um, you you have a, a huge family tree of champions and the Western way of life. Did you feel any extra pressure growing up under that umbrella to perform at a certain level, or do you feel like it was... It was better for guidance and teaching. I definitely felt pressure, um, especially when I was going through high school because I wasn't that good of a bull rider or a bronc rider, actually. Like my freshman, yeah, my freshman year, I didn't make nationals in either event. I ended up fifth in both. And there was a lot of talk saying, like, you ain't as good as Rusty or Ryder, whatever. I go heard down it the all. Li- yeah, go down yeah, the list. There's a million of them. But <laughs> I'll just start with them because they're my older brothers. But it, well, it was like a lot of pressure for a second, but then it just pissed me off. And after I watched Ryder make nationals my freshman year, alongside with one of my buddies, Briggs, he was a freshman with me. He made nationals. I mean, I was happy for both of them, but I told myself I'd never be in that spot ever again, and I would become one of the best. And I made nationals every year after that. And so and there was started. there was no doubt after that that you wanted to go straight into rodeo. You didn't want to – there's no – I wanted to maybe college rodeo. It was just, nope, here we go. Um, so re- my freshman year, Rusty was in college. And I think Ryder and me and Statler all had a, we would have went to college, but he he didn't like it. And then I really didn't have no desire. All I wanted to be was a world champion. And I figured that would just slow me down. <laughs> Do more beer drinking than I would win. And- yeah. It's crazy to hear that uh, your freshman year of high school, you didn't qualify for nationals, and here you are at 22 years old with five world titles and a million-dollar mark. I mean, that's not a really big window that you went ahead and took a dump truck and drove through and came in. Yeah, and um, I guess if you got some motivation, I I was more humiliated because I had to go to nationals. I didn't have to. I went to support my buddies and Ryder, and it was just... Sitting on the back of the chutes watching is probably the worst thing for a guy. <laughs> That's like me not making the NFR this year and having to go and 
follow the camera guy around, drop yeah, the, cord the cord behind cable. the chutes, watch yeah. everybody win a gold buckle that you should be up there getting. Oh my gosh. And I don't know, from that day forward, like that still creeps into my head. It's kind of weird that it still haunts me, but I think that's one thing that keeps me going. It, it's here, like right now, it pisses me off that I didn't make, <laughs> make nationals because, well, I guess I, so my senior year, I didn't make nationals in the bull riding. I, I rode 36 bulls in a row. I rode every single bull I got on that year. Amateur rodeos, high school rodeos, maturities, you name it. I didn't fall off a bull all my senior year. And I went to state and bucked off all three, didn't make nationals. Come on. Yeah, their point system, they capped me out. So it's only 70,000, or not 70,000, 70 points. Yeah. Sorry, there's no money in high school. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah, I was actually, I, Utah's got go. something going yeah. on. Um, but I ended up not making nationals. I mean, still to this day, I think that's crooked, wrong. That's like in 2020, Shad Mayfield having the most standout year anybody's ever seen in the PRCA going to the NFR, and he didn't do horrible, but he didn't do what he did all year. Yeah. He still won the world, but that would have been like them capping him at $70,000, and then somebody else winning that gold buckle when he deserved it. That's right. how I looked at it, and like still to this day, I don't think, even in high school rodeo, uh, like the the fact that they put it to where everybody has a chance is wrong in my mm. eyes because – my saying is what you put into it is what you get out right. of it. And what I put into it, I didn't get nothing out of it. I was right. I was there in the Bronx ride and watching every sing, all four of them kids at state that year that came from Utah bucked off. And I was actually going to PRCA rodeos all that week. I, I won Ogden. I won Spanish Fork. All on, <laughs> all on my permit. I was High 88 school. and yeah. 90. And yeah. I was winning everywhere in the bull riding. But yeah, that that's I guess that was another incentive. Yeah, that's, I don't know, man. That's that's kind of one of the hard things, too, is like you looking at that to where how much effort you got to put into. And for the parents, too, because like when your parents are hauling you to these rodeos and taking you to the practice pens and doing all that, and I hate to say it, but there's there was somebody somewhere that we have to make this even for everybody else. Yeah, I mean, it, it happened. It's kind of sad to see at Utah High School Rodeo because all the great champions they've had come out of there, like Casey Field, yeah. Wesley Silcox, Steve Woolsey, Jerry Shepard, all the rights, I guess you could say. Like, yeah. There's just a number of them, but they all competed on outstanding stock and like what Utah did for them. But it seems like just like everything else in the world, they're getting to where they're giving everybody participation trophies, and I think that's wrong. I think what you put into it is what you get out of it. Right. And if you if you end up second, it's because of you. It had nothing to do with anybody else, and I will forever be against that everybody gets a award. Oh, for, sure. it's the worst thing in the world. It's It takes all incentive away. It takes all, I mean, it's like, like that's a rabbit hole for? we can go down, man. It, but it's like, oh, you work hard. We're going to take some of that away and give it over here. It's like, no. Yeah, this guy that slept in, Come he, get he's going to make nationals. Right. You were up every morning right. doing drills, trying to make it. Hmm. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that puts a, a bitter taste in your mouth. Where you're like, But like you said, here, here's the thing. You had, you had a choice. You could dwell on that. You got screwed over. I'm I'm upset, or you'd be like, "All right, national high schools, hello Las Vegas." You know, it's like I'll you you'll close me out here. I'll come kick the door in over here. Yeah, that's funny. My senior year, so not that I had any pull in high school rodeo, but the stock contractors came and gave me and Briggs Matson a list of bulls we wanted in the short round, and me and him 
clearly, well, thinking back now, it was a dumb idea. We were like, well, we'll go ask everybody what they think instead of just putting the rank bulls in right. <laughs> that we wanted to be 90 on. Yeah. They, they didn't want that. They wanted the hop, jump, everybody get on. could stay on. Yeah. Sure. And me and Briggs were all for the idea of being 90 and we'll send the four kids to nationals that are going to win nationals Load, for us. Exactly. And, well, I didn't make it because <laughs> <laughs> on a hopper. <laughs> well, the sad thing is, is I got on, I did get on one that I wanted in there. So a oh, little bit of payback. Yeah. I got bucked off one that I was glad that I drew him. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah. But he bucked me off. Oh. Can't win them all. Nope. So tell us a little bit about uh, Kingsley. Uh, anything? <laughs> anything at all. Yeah, what, what do we need to know about that's your little one? Well, you'd think having a little girl would be a little shy, scared of the world. It's totally wrong. <laughs> she is scared of nothing. Like We were out with the bucking horses yesterday, and she was trying to walk up to this bucking horse and touch it. And anybody that knows, well, not all bucking horses don't let you touch them, but this one doesn't. And she was trying to walk up on it and I had to grab her. And she's always, when I take her to rodeo, she's always trying to crawl in the back pen. She loves bulls and she'll try to go. <laughs> in the, she's not scared of nothing. And when we're over at Riders or Rusty, she'll ride around on her bike and try to drive off the porch. Oh, or my God. Ride off on the porch. I'm like, oh, my, she's going to die. <laughs> yeah. So Please be safe. <laughs> yeah. She's, How old is she? She's two. She oh, my two gosh. January. Yeah, yeah, she's. I'm going to probably start getting gray here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're due. You're 23. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, we both have little girls, too. And, like, my little girl, my the baby, she is, like, always wants to be with the horses, always wants to be in that, always just the thing. And I still can't tell. I haven't figured out how to tell her no. I mean, I tell her not to do something, but, like, when I say it, she's just like, I love you. And I'm like, oh, fine, go ahead. Yeah, that's how I am. Like, I'll... Like Kingsley, no, and then I, she like look at me like she's gonna start crying. I'm like, no, no, yeah, what yeah. you want? <laughs> yeah, I meant no. Don't let me interrupt you. You guys call me during senior year of high school. So, um, <laughs> so the your family obviously is huge. So this is this is just throwing something off the wall here. But if if you were to recreate the movie Tombstone with the right family, like who would who would be some of the characters? Like who would Rusty play? Would he be? one of the Earp brothers or would he be an extra that's a drunk during the card game or like what, who would play the different characters in Tombstone? Gosh, I on Rusty Ryder and my dad are all probably the serious people. Okay. And the badass gunslingers. So that's okay. what they'd be. And I'd be the guy over there cooking. So I don't get shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd be in hiding. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. I'd keep the fire hot. <laughs> yeah, I'll be over here stoking the fire unless it gets too hot. Oh. That's crazy because you look at that to where, you know, most people looking at you is like, this guy can't be afraid of anything. You know what I mean? What you do for an occupation. And it's like, no, I'm I'm going to safety up here. And, and that's like, so you safety up here, but you go balls to the wall here. and Yeah, in the arena, I feel that's where I'm comfortable. That's where I'm a gunslinger. Yeah. When I'm home. I'm scared of everything, especially when I'm with Kingsley. Oh, yeah. <laughs> She's not scared of anything, so I got to be someone I gotta, that's scared. <laughs> I got to be, please don't. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the filter. Yeah. So what, what's the biggest difference? And, and this is coming from a, a place of not knowing, but what's the biggest difference for you between preparing for a saddle bronc ride and preparing for a bull ride? Because obviously the, 
the mode of action is is very different. But how how do you prepare for the two in different ways? I kind of got a different approach than most guys. Like most guys think this through. They got a game plan before they get up on the shoots. If you was to go or take a camera and follow me, you'd probably wonder how the hell is this guy won anything because <laughs> I'm the guy in the back of the shoots that's joking around. Like there's nothing that goes in goes in my mind or through my mind when I'm getting on. Like I'll be joking, talking to Rusty Ryder while they're pulling my rope. I'll even in the bronc riding, like I was leaning down and someone in Austin said something to me and I can't remember. I said something. Did you just call me chump or something? Just something. <laughs> but that's how I am. Like, I put no thought into it. I I trust everything that my family, like my dad, Rusty and Ryder, has taught me growing up. That like, if it doesn't work, like, I I don't really know how to say it. I guess um, if it doesn't work, it's it's all on me. And but I, that's another thing about me. I don't stress about much. Like when I show up. I know it sounds cocky, but I know for a fact that I'm going to win. And I, I don't know. I I feel like I'm mentally and physically prepared, and I have the body for it, and I have the mind for it, and I think I can win, day in and day out, injuries or no injuries. Cocky, but can back it up. I try to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a quick pause, and we'll be right back. Looking to rope in some new news and features you can't find anywhere else? then look no further than the series of blogs and vlogs at nfrexperience.com. You'll find customized content on all things rodeo and Las Vegas. There's the NFR Insider with Susan Canode, Hurley's Hotspots, NFR Experience, Junior World Finals, one-on-one with Wrangler contestants, Behind the Shoots, Heart of the NFR, and Gold Buckle Buzz. Every year, rodeo fans make their way to Las Vegas to immerse themselves in the Western lifestyle. For many, their NFR experience includes a trip or two to the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas in search of more. More time with friends. More fashion. More entertainment. More choices. More autograph sessions. More you. And more Vegas. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas. December 1st through 10th at the Las Vegas Convention Center, South Halls. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all here. Every December, the next generation of rodeo stars makes the trek to Las Vegas to compete in the Yeti Junior World Finals. Watch the competition in nine events as these kids hope to open their presents early. For 10 days, it's all about more cowboys, more cowgirls, more competition, more champions, and more Vegas. Don't miss rodeos next up at the Yeti Junior World Finals. Do you do you have big goals in mind as far as how many gold buckles you want to win, or what is there a number you have in mind? Or I want fourteen in the all around. I want nine in the Bulls, and I want seven in the Bronx. Snap. Okay. So there's there's some numbers. Did you write mind. that down? Holy, <laughs> watch out! How many total is that? I don't Are you know. coming for Trevor? So well, fourteen that, and fourteen and nine is twenty three, and seven is thirty. That'd be thirty. Yeah. My goal was to break Ty Murray's record, but I was doing an interview with the guy, and he said. No rough stock guy can ever break Trevor Brazil's record. Yeah. And it pissed me off. Yeah. So I said, I'll do it. And yeah. <laughs> now I got now I open my big fat mouth and now I gotta back it up. Now, now it's on the interwebs. 
that's what's crazy is, and I was I was wanting to bring that up is because like Trevor Brazil, the, he was untouchable. Oh, for yeah. I mean, for the all around, it was like, and everything that he did, and no offense because he's amazing at it, but it's like he did the steer roping, he did the tie down roping, he did the team roping, and it's like, and he dominated in those, right? So if you had somebody that was like a two event guy, they couldn't even in the timed event side of it, but back in the day, is Ty Murray was that, and here's the thing, man, you look at those old Ty Murray deals when you're going Bears Bronx bulls and you listen to most of the best guys in the world talk about how getting on 10 head during of the best stock it's like try getting on 30 and i mean what that guy did was and so you're signing yourself up on that same paper but it's like since since ty murray and then trevor brazil's reign is nobody was in that all around rough stock championship deal and you showed up and put the kibosh to that well, I don't know. It's not really that. a question. That's, yeah. I'm just making a statement because that's what that's what it is, man, is you've shown up and and with a force and a force to be reckoned with. So when you hear somebody with your determination start talking about numbers like that, you know, it's like, oh, they can't do it. It's like, well, stand back and watch. You, know, you can't do it. I'll do it. You know, that's going to be, that was, hearing those, I want 14, 9, and 7. I was like, oh, whoa. So well, he's thought about the it. Question, yeah. Well, and the question comes in, how do you stay healthy getting on 20 head? during the finals comparative to a 10 for someone else? Well, it seems like the physical part, not that I'm old at all, but when I get on two to three to four sometimes a day, I mean, if you look at the numbers, this is my ninth year rodeoing, or yeah, ninth year rodeoing when it should only be my fourth year, but with the numbers added up, so I've had to, be a little bit better about my body i've had to mature a lot faster as far as my mind and knowing when to not get on and knowing when to get on when uh, normally a 22 year old guy usually just get on whatever he yeah. wants so i had i had to grow up fast it felt like as far as knowing what i should and shouldn't be doing but that came from like my mom my dad rusty rider like pounding in my head like you got to be smart but I think the way that I'm going to be able to do it is just limit myself at certain rodeos, only getting on the best stock. Or That's kind of how I've went about these past two years. Like the first two years that I was rodeoing, I was just getting on everything. everything. But also another thing my dad says is he's won more times on horses that they told him not to go get on than he has on the ones he was supposed to win on. Yeah. And so it's hard for us to know as long as it's not a horse that's going to hurt you as far as smashing you or falling down, then I'll usually go get on because I feel like at this point in my career, I've been dominant enough to know how good I can be and how good I should be when I get on that. I'm, I, you don't see me turning out at a bunch of places. And one thing I should probably stop doing is taking three re-rides in one night. That doesn't <laughs> yeah. feel good. I've yeah. done that like four different rodeos this year. So we'll yeah. stop. Yeah. We stop that back. now. We st- Let's circle back to San Antonio where you did get on three. Yep. I got, well, the bucking horse. I won the bronc riding, got the short round on the bull riding. And I picked a bull that had already knocked me out the year before in San Antonio, but I knew I could win on him. Who was that? uh, Wild Onion of Sammy Andrews. Yep. So I picked him. He, I did ride him and I was 88, but he stumbled. So I got a re-ride, and then they r- ran in alley-oop of Sammy Andrews, rode him for 88 and a half, but he stumbled, and then they ran out of re-rides. So they Sam, Sammy's like, do you want me to run 
wild onion back in. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. Well, runs back in, and this bull had his best day ever. I've been on this bull six times. He's knocked me out two times. Well, this time was one of the times. So I run back in, he's bucking, and just turned back into my hand good, and he bowed me down. And so I, I shouldn't even say he knocked me out. I got on three bulls in less than seven minutes. I was the last guy out on my first bull, and I had to get on my re-ride like minutes after, and then I had to get on this one right after that. Well, the sports med explained it to me because I noticed everything that was going on, but I couldn't move. Like my body just went stiff from holding my breath for so long, just trying to get the score. The bull hit me in the chest and I passed out, but I, my eyes were open and I was looking and I watched this bull's back feet stomp on my chest. Oh my gosh. But I was like so stiff that it didn't really do anything at all. And I see Ryder jump down the street. He's like, Hey, you good? And not try and knock the wind out of me and I was just like, <laughs> just all trying to say I'm all right but I finally came to and he had bucked me off right at the whistle and but then fast forward a couple months later or not even a month later I drew that bull in Austin in the short round and was 93 to win it so finally got my revenge dirty bugger <laughs> gosh I that is you not in that arena though during that time unreal emotion just watching the fans cheer for Stetson but in that moment where he gets stepped on the whole arena I dead silence everyone's just watching maybe just silent let's just say quiet he's alive we can yeah. say dead silence <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't live mm. what what won it what was the winning score uh Sage won it he was 92 I think 91 whatever he made a really good ride right on a yeah. and Stetson was going for him. He no, wasn't going to give it I, to him. I don't 88 and a half. That's crazy. 88 and a half with a re-ride. They should have just said, like, Twice. we're going to knock there, some points there off. There are those, those few moments, and it doesn't happen very often, but I have seen a flank strap come off and somebody be in the high 80s, and you're like, don't. They're like, no, I'll take the re-ride. I'm like, yeah. you were 88. Why? Like, just, well, my, I, well, I get your I scenario, I hate being though. second place. I, like, I understand that. I understand that. If you're second, well, to me, I hate second, so I won't do it. Yeah. And I would rather fall off trying to sure, win. Sure. But if I'm going to win the nine gold buckles in the boar riding, I can't finish second man Sage because that means he's winning and I'm not. Yeah. So I got to be winning every time if I want to pass him. Well, and the great thing about this story is it continues to trade blows because, you know, he, he wins at San Antonio, but then you win at Houston and Austin. So. I mean, it. it's like a really great boxing match that goes all year long, and we yeah. have to wait till round number 10 at in Vegas to see who wins it all. So from a storyline standpoint, I don't know if you guys have any sort of bad blood or animosity, from, but from a storyline standpoint, it's, it's golden. I think what me and Sage have been doing, I guess trading blows for the past three years in a row, is just one of the coolest things ever. I think it's awesome to be a part of because i mean i feel like for six of his gold buckles he ran away with it right that what no for the five of them, the last two he's dang for sure earned them things because he's had me and josh frost ride on his ass yeah. and then in the bronc riding me and Ryder. that's it's well it's even cooler because we're brothers but yeah me being able to be in two of them awesome stories and race for a gold buckle is just 
that means more to me than anything because winning that Bronc Riding World title last year, I had to win the 10th round. Everything had to fall into place for me to win it because going into the 10th round, I didn't think I had a chance because every commentator at the NFR said it was between Brody and Ryder. So I went the 10th round pretty much playing defense for Ryder to win his third gold buckle and walked out of the alley and they said, hey, you won the world. And I thought they were talking about the all-around. So I was like, yeah, you guys told me the fifth fifth round. Yeah, I know. (laughs) So I just kept walking and I'm like, that guy wouldn't tell me again. I'm like, so I walked back down there. I'm like, why'd you say I won the world? He's like, you won the world in the Bronx ride by less than a thousand dollars or whatever. And I'm like, holy crap. (laughs) Dude, that is so crazy. That is unreal. But it, it literally was one of those conversations that when the water cooler talk after the ninth round going into the 10th, you know, who's going to win what? And I mean, I, no offense, but nobody was talking about you. No. It was, you know, it was, all right, does Ryder have enough to win another one? And, and you're right. I, I mean, it really was a situation where you were just trying to block and tackle for your brother. But yeah, and if you look at the world standings, me and Ryder had... 25,000 after the 10th, everything was over, over Brody Crest. Like, I don't know how I got lost in the conversation because 25,000, that's a round. Right. Yeah. Right. I don't know. And so I guess I didn't pay attention to <laughs> Yeah. Just like, here to ride. All I had to do was if I would have been second place, Ryder would have had the gold buckle and me and Ryder both, Brody would have had to win the round and me and Ryder both would have had to buck off in the 10th round for him to win the world. But just, crazy not today but it <laughs> that is insane that's like i don't know it, it's crazy too because right now you know i mean and this is i know that you're really young and you're you're gunning toward you know i mean like towards all of your goals but it's weird to kind of think about something right here because you've already hitting some mile markers right i mean 22 five buckles that whole thing and the, the direction you're going but legend is one of them words that these guys and what you're talking about is like you're talking legendary status and not of your era, but of our lifetime of rodeo. You know what I mean? Like, do you think about anything like that ever? No, not necessarily. I probably never think any of that. Well, in, unless they put my dad in the Rodeo Hall of Fame, I will never see myself as one if he doesn't go into it because that man started a dynasty that oh. this sport will never see again. I, I, I don't believe that it'll happen again. Uh-uh. What he started, he he made the NFR, won the world, and then made every single 50 rides believe that they could do it too. Yeah. And now there's doing it. the rights taking right. over the saddle bronc ride. Yeah. That's but, awesome. Yeah, but that's, I mean, it's just crazy to look at though. I mean, from an outsider's perspective of like when you're talking about achieving the stuff that you are, that's, that's no joke. That's legendary status. And that's, and like you said, with your dad too. And I think one of the coolest things is when uh, your dad and your brother were at the NFR together. That was like, that was truly, uh, you know, I don't know if any, that's ever happened. I, and timed events, I guess, but on the rough stock for the same event to see a father and a son like that, that's like, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. When, well, pissed me off when my dad didn't wait around for me. <laughs> when he had Rusty and Ryder there with him, I was just like, come on, yeah. two more years, stick it out. Yeah. He stopped. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that's cool, though, nonetheless, man. Little brother is now in play. How do you... What's your projections this year for him? I think once he realizes how good he is, we'll all be in trouble. He's got longer legs than us, and he can... Like, you put him at an amateur rodeo, high school rodeo, he'll dominate whatever he gets on. And I think once he realizes the horses are the exact same, 
from what we get on at home to the PRCA, I could see a few gold buckles in his future as well. Mm. So does is it just a, a confidence thing then? Yeah, it. I mean that my rookie year, and I almost didn't make it the NFR. I guess you could say my sophomore year, right? But my just because yeah. I, I just thought that it was. I don't know. I'd made ninety point rides at a bunch of different rodeos that didn't. Well, I guess you could say they weren't PRCA rodeos, right? So, right. Like I was, I didn't feel threatened by the rider rides, right. Rusty or Brody Cress. And once I realized that I was cut from the same cloth as all of them, then I started doing better. That's what's crazy too, is like looking at where your dad went and then it was like, here comes uh, Jesse and Jake and then here comes Spencer and it's like one road better than the next. And then Rusty, you know, Rusty shows up. was like, oh crap, like what's going on here? And then Ryder and Stetson and it's like, do they get better as they're coming down the I, line or what? I, I just thought of this. I think the Wright family should start a scrapbooking company. Just because, like, when you go down and you start naming all these names, it's like, well, we've got to have a library full of scrapbooks just to keep up with all these newspaper articles. And, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, championship pictures. But, uh, no, we, we really appreciate you giving us your time, Stetson, and we look forward to seeing where you're going to take all this. Uh, I mean, can the number be 30? Right now it's at five, so we got 25 more to win. But <laughs> I'll start somewhere. <laughs> It'll only take him 10 years. Yeah, heck Fine. yeah. Well, congrats. I hope by the time I'm 34, I'll, my goals will be accomplished and I can go home. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. You'll, you'll get plenty of sleep after that. Well, congratulations on crossing the million-dollar mark, and look forward to seeing you in Vegas at the end of the year. Thank you. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit nfrexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe. 